Look at the the clubs, and I don't want to be rude to any here, but if you went through the process that we went through, what Lord Jonathan Kane uh, oversaw uh, for us to take Toronto's place, if you did that with the 12 current Super League clubs and all those clubs that applied for that, possibly more, are the 12 best clubs in this country in Super League now? My answer to that would be... Duckhouse Rugby Show is proudly sponsored by Autism Friendly Caravans Blackpool, where every day there is a new adventure. Thanks for joining us this week on the Duckhouse Rugby Show. Today, Dave and myself are joined by Lee Centurion's club owner, it's Mr. Derek Beaumont. Derek, thanks for coming on the show. Hi again, Dave and Keith. How are you doing? <laughs> How are we? Yeah, not bad. Not bad, mate. Still still alive, still avoiding wasps. <laughs> <laughs> stay away from the wasps. Yeah, stay, stay clear of them. Stay clear. Yeah. Um, we want to chat about the, um, the the structure of Rugby League. It's been a much-discussed topic over the past, well, several years, actually, but it's raising its head again more recently. There's been talk of going back to 14 teams, uh, going down to two leagues of 10, uh, Marty Sadler, we've had on the show in the past, has spoke about having conferences like an NFL model. And I've pushed for a two conferences of 10 structure where each team's loop fixture would be against the other 10's uh, conference. Um, so there's many ideas out there and thoughts. Uh, we wondered what you'd heard, what you're thinking of, what would suit rugby league in in your thoughts i've probably changed um my thought process from from where it was so i'll, t- I'll tell you what what i thought when i was in super league was that the we all want to see competitive games don't we at, at the end of the day that that's the, the thing you know it's it's not it's not great spectacle watching you know, um, 60 nil or, you know, I mean, I, I was at Wakefield, Salford yesterday, 76-10. It's nice if you're a Salford fan for some of it, but then you don't want to see it all the time. You know, there's some nice tries and that. It's flamboyant, but we want to see competitive games. So I was always against the the 14 or 16 or whatever league because you, you top end to your bottom too big of a a gulf because we can only all work with the players ultimately they're the, the product of the, and the asset therefore I, I was a, a, a firm pusher of getting to two full-time professional divisions of, of 10 because the big problem so I, I've got into Super League by both uh, both routes well three routes the conventional way of winning a grand final how it is now um, and being promoted by maybe Whitehaven we, we couldn't recruit anybody until we'd, we'd won that game. It was close all through the season. Um, and it was 16 all full-time witness. Extra time, we won it 32-16 and got promoted. And, and we you know we didn't really compete, truth be told, uh, in, in the 2005 season uh, and came straight back down. Um, and literally, I'd it in the middle eights, which was a better format 
I felt, insofar as you already had to be able to be two police eyes to get up, and that stacked up because we didn't finish bottom, we finished next bottom, but went out by the same method in, in the middle eights. Um, and the difficulty with that was when you were sat in Super League, was it, it meant four teams were struggling with whether or not they could do the recruitment um, because yeah. they didn't know. You know, you couldn't be sure. There was always risk that needed underpinning. Um, so, so every every aspect kind of as it's as in life, it's, it's for and against. Um, so, so the big issue is when you get relegated, you get a, a, a smaller parachute payment, but it, it's significantly different. Um, it does create an unfair advantage on the championship clubs unless they've got a benefactor because you're coming down with more money. So back in those days, Salford down straight back up, Huddersfield down straight back up as full time. So it causes disparity in that division because you essentially have a, a Super League side competing in the championship, just winning everybody and, and it doesn't serve a purpose. Uh, and it's too big of a cliff face, too destructive to the business. All the contracts have to be you know, can, can be finished like we did. So it's not healthy for, for, for players as well. So all of those aspects don't look great. So so you're left then thinking, well, do we have uh, a competition that's got no promotion and relegation and then that doesn't happen, which I'm not a fan of because you need to be able to um, elevate yourself and, and have aspirations. So then you look at it and you think, well, if we've got a, and these are not defined figures, but say, for example, we had a Super League 1 where they got 1.5 million and Super League 2, they got 1 million. So the cliff face isn't as big. And there's maybe a 250K um, difference in, in the parachute. So as it softens it and you don't have to get rid of contracts and stuff. You could even say to your players, if you're in Super League 1, you're on that much. If we get relegated to two, you're on that much. So they know what they're buying into. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 then that way we can we we could grow the game. You have automatic promotion and relegation. You could maybe have a jeopardy by next to bottom plays next to top in a one-off game just yeah. to give it an outside chance. It's not a big gulf. And then your third division under that would be your part-time division, but there'd be a route to grow from that into the bigger one and a parachute for going down to protect it. And then we've got a, a broader uh, coverage because if you look at the the clubs, and I don't want to be rude to any year, but if you went through the process that we went through what Lord Jonathan Kane uh, oversaw uh, for us to take Toronto's place, if you did that with the 12 current Super League clubs and all those clubs that applied for that, possibly more, are the 12 best clubs in this country in Super League now. My answer to that would be no, they're not. Um, simply because Lee and it for one. But if you if you go in off facilities and what we want to look like and, and and locations that some people are fans of, I'm quite comfortable with the fact that it's a Northern Corridor sport. I've 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 spoke that openly that I don't see the value of, of French clubs in our current competition and format. Because commercially, Sky can't sell dishes over there or uh, subscriptions, and they're the biggest investor currently. Uh, Fred has to have his logo covered up because they can't advertise over there. We spend a fortune travelling over there and then travelling over here from out of the game. Our fans save up to go over there, which is their money for them to do. But are they missing out on events like Challenge Cup Final, like Magic Weekend, because they're using for that weekend away instead of a weekend at Magic? 
And there's the fact that there's no commercial income into the clubs from away support and secondary spend from away supporters, which whether you want to tell people to grow their own crowds is one thing, but the atmosphere within a stadium is created from opposing fans singing and chanting at each other and creating an atmosphere. And that adds to the whole experience of the game. So that's why I'm not a big, big fan of, of that. So having come out of Super League and got back into the Championship, and again, I don't want to be disrespectful to any Championship teams here, and, and Batley have proved it wrong a little bit of what I'm going to say because they beat Fev uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. which was, was obviously, you know, I mean, they drew with them at their place, so they probably fancied it and, and, and fair play to them. Um, but other than that, as much as we beat Featherston in the cup and then then at home uh, reasonably well, when we're, we've got our, our team together, we didn't have it in round two, and you know it's different conditions and so on. So we, we kind of knew where we were going with it. Other, other we've we've been beating teams quite comprehensively. Barrow away after the cup win with an hangover is the is the blip. Um, Featherston would take away the battle situation have been putting significant points on people. So I'm not seeing the value in that. Um, and, and I'm not seeing how that's any good for the other clubs that are in there. You could be competitive in their own right because you look at, you know, York, um, Newcastle, Halifax, Widnes, Bradford. There's some big club, big club names in there, isn't there, you know? Um, potential, what's the potential with those clubs? Yeah, exactly. But, but but the thing that's missing is money. Yeah. Um, now now the biggest thing that the thing that's missing more than that, but money would reduce how much more that's missing by is number of players of, of quality players in in the competition. So where my mind now are is is I've changed because I don't think we have enough players to have two tens that would be competitive all the way down so for example if let's just say we took the bottom two as they currently stand Wakefield and Toulouse out of Super League and put them into the current championship you'd have Lee, Featherston, Toulouse and Wakefield having a ding dong with each other and the rest would just all get what's going on at the moment big big score lines on and have no hope of playing for anything or, or getting promoted so there's nothing for everybody to play for, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and and that's that's an inherent problem in Super League a little bit with the same teams. There's only however many teams ever won it, you know. So oh. he, he, four teams. So again, there's there's there's, there's shakeups and and these conference things that get talked about. So currently, what I see is unless we make a change to the number of players that can come in as imports like in the championship you can have as many as you want um, I think that should be increased in in uh, Super League as well now people will say I'll say that because I've got too many for going up next year it's not that's not what it's about um, if you're going to transit from from a competition where you can have more anyway into one where you can have less doesn't really sit right because you've got to change your, your ethos of what you've got but we're working with that anyway and that it's not going to change 
straight away now. But if you want to get to two tens, why don't we want the other Edwin Eye puppies that are over in PNG and, and in Fiji and wherever? We don't care in football where the players come from. We just want the best players in the world in the Premier League so it attracts the attention. We want the best players in the world in Super League 1 and Super League 2. So if we don't currently have them, yeah, we can grow our youth structures and we can coach and we can do whatever, but the game needs to become more attractive now to attract more youngsters into it. It needs to have more money to pay bigger contracts out so as it becomes, no, it's never going to compete with football, but it becomes more competitive where there's a significant income from it for what you do to yourself. So it's which process you put in first. So I, I don't currently think we could go to two cents successfully. No, I think we need to work towards doing that. I think that's the long-term thing for me, yeah. where, where we go, because we cover a bigger geographical area and there's some big clubs there that, that miss out. We've not necessarily got the best 12 facilities, et cetera. There. So I, I would think it, it would be better to go to 14 um, at the moment, I'd be I'd be interested to see what IMG see of the French aspect because I've set out what what's there. So apart from a good day out, I don't see any value. There's no TV deal from them. So I, I, as a businessman, successful in what I do, which is, which isn't what IMG do, I commercially wouldn't see any 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 value in that. Yeah. You know, I might also come in here if I didn't know about rugby. IMG might walk in and say, why is there two clubs in all? Why is that not just one? Why is Wigan and Lee? That should just be Wigan. You know, why is the Fed, Wakey and Cass? Uh, we should have a Newcastle, we should have a Cumbria, we should have a London. But that's not how the game works. And there is room for two clubs in all and they both get well supported. And, you know, Lee and Wigan, Cass, Fed, Wakey, so on. So it can't just be looked at purely commercially so I might be missing something on the French thing and these guys might say yeah but what we should do is this I think what they should do is build their own uh, competition to a Super League standard um, and then you know at the end of the year we can meet and you can have NRL French English Tongan whatever PNG World Club Championship then I suppose yeah exactly that kind of thing and, and then 14 teams you could argue if you've not got two French teams, so you're taking four teams now out of the championship into Super League. You're getting rid of the loop fixture, um, and you know you've you've got a, a different situation. But I do think to deal with this, unless you've got a, a, a no cliff face, less of a cliff face, and a professional setup underneath it, then I do think it needs to be where you've got some surety when you're in there, um, so that you're not starting off your season like some teams are recruiting to not get relegated and putting everything into that playing uh, pot because you can't spend money on saying, well, let's put some LED boards in our stadium and then that will generate us more income over more years and not go mad on players. And we might not finish seventh, we might finish bottom, but we're not going to lose our place, but then we'll have more income over more years from spending that money wisely and that particularly, and people can make improvements uh, to the stadium. Yeah. But then that prevents somebody being promoted from uh, that that platform and point. But if we analyse what we've really got, let's just say we did do that. Right? Let's just say that at the end of this season, we took Featherstone, and I think they deserve a goal. Right? I, I, I do. 
Mark Campbell's, you know, he, he's been around there. He's, he knows his rugby. He's put his money in. And up until 2013, when I got back in Lee, they was the top team. They was winning it every year and they couldn't, when they couldn't go up. And then as soon as there was an opportunity to go up, I've come in and, and kind of took it off them. Then when I've gone out the way, Toronto has been in the way, you know, and then OKR, then it's Toulouse has got in the way and now it's back with Lee. And, and I'd be interested to see what they could become if they had an opportunity of it. So if you took uh, Fev and Lee and put them up now, what's left behind there then? <clears throat> is anybody going to put, are any of those clubs that are left there, unless somebody comes in and invests in them, going to put a team in like what Lee's got in the championship or what Feniston's got in the championship? Because if they were, they'd be doing it now, but they, they can't. That's not disrespectful to them. That's just because they've not got a benefactor. Yeah. Um, clearly, someone's putting money in at Fev this year, m- more so. Uh, I, I'm open about what I'm putting in, three quarters of a, of a million pound into Lee in, in a year to do what we're doing. So unless somebody comes along and does that, it doesn't happen. So therefore, the sport has to look at growing to be able to those clubs be provided with the, the relevant income without a benefactor so that the whole sport gets better commercial value, better TV deal, sponsorship, etc., so that it can fund those clubs in a manner that they can compete yeah. and we can have these two but tens. It needs the acknowledgement for the betterment, like you say though, Derek, you know, they need to support the vision, like so that you and Featherstone have got, and yeah, we'll bring you in, we'll nurture it, it might take you one season, two seasons to find your feet. But after that, that'll be very, very competitive. And, you know, the difference with football and Premier League is, let's say Everton had gone down this season. I know you're an Evertonian, Dave, I do apologise. <laughs> but let's say they had. That wouldn't be the end of Everton. They would be able to come back just as strong in a season. Whereas in Rugby League, that's not, you know, you, you put all your, all your money in the bank for that season, it doesn't work out. You get relegated. That's a big hit that mm. you've got to take. And, and again, no matter how sustainable you are, that is still a, that's a massive impact on you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's it, it's significant, and it and and for a lot of clubs, they can't recover from it. And and you know, even in Super League, you know, you, you look at the clubs there, and the, the, largely the the success is coming from benefactors putting money in. You know, you look at Warrington with. Simon and Stuart there and you know Wigan with Ian um, and, and so we go with Marlon with what he, he he did in his days at Salford you know to what what Salford is doing now yeah. you know from them but having when he left he made a grand final he made a challenge cup final but in terms of getting support it, it still isn't you know, quite there for them, despite having success and bringing in big signings and stuff so we need we need this is why ING is so important in the frame we, you said at the beginning, what you know? What do I know? What I do know is that there's a consult, consultation process going on at the moment, um, and the, the next meeting that championship clubs are at, um, we get our opportunity to speak to them and all give our views of, of what's right, wrong with the game, what can be done, what can be changed. Um, and I, I think a big part is, and, and structure is one of those things that they're, they're, they're significantly looking at. Um, and whatever that is that they think it should be, uh, would be from 2024. So that's what's being looked at. So whether or not we'll see a change quicker 
than that, i.e. at the end of this year or not, I'm, I'm not so sure. But but there's this, a good consultation process taking place uh, where everybody, you know, like a root and branch analysis. Now, in my, in my mind's eye, um, the, the important part of them doing that is the, the governing body, which I know they are because, you know, one of the things they put up on the, the, the presentation was um, something they'd done in China with table tennis, which they'd made much more sig significantly um, were, if you will, and better financially, because ultimately that's what it boils down to. So these people are highly skilled, global business, with all arms and, and you know, hands in, in different parts of the country, in the UFC, uh, all different aspects streaming. They've got all these components to this big, big business. So when I talked about our operational board being a big part of what goes on at the club and doesn't cost any money, we've just acquired a, a, a magnificent talent, a wealth of talent, to advise and help grow our sport with a proven track record, yeah. albeit in, in other sports, and the, and the link to rugby, that's costing us nothing until they make us something. So it's like a commission-only salesperson. They're not on your wage bill until they bring you some business. So the more you pay them, the happier you are because the more you're, you're making out of it. So it's an absolute success story from the RFL and Super League. It's, it's a fantastic prospect, what, what, what they bring yeah. to the table. Yeah, yeah, it is. The, 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 the thing that, that struck, struck out to me on the table tennis um, scenario was there was a line on there that they put where they felt that the governing body of the Table Tennis Federation, um, it, some of its uh, rules, or, or I can't remember exactly specifically what it said, were restrictive to the commercial growth of the game. And that was addressed, and the governing body addressed that so that it could progress. And I think our, the RFL are also open-minded in, in that regard as well, certainly as, as a board, Ralph and Karen, et cetera, that if things need to change, then, then, then they will. And that could even be, oh, we're linked with Australia and following their rules. Because I think we need to change some of our rules in our game. If we want to improve it, the biggest thing that we all complain about is the refs. Um, everybody's moaning about the refs. And it's interesting because if I watch a game that doesn't involve my team, I don't think the ref has that much of a bad or good game as I do when it's my team. Yeah, we're all the same. And ultimately, they make mistakes just like our players. They just, I know some of them. And they go on that field. They want to do their best. They want to be accountable for their performance. And they've had a good one. And they make errors, they're thinking quick, and it and, and it's a tough job. Over two thousand five hundred decisions within a game, isn't it? Two hundred and fifty player the balls, and, and how many decisions are made at that player the ball? We had it with Ian Smith, you know, straight away from the kickoff. You know, is everybody behind the ball? Has he caught it clean? Is the tackle eye? Is it okay? Is it a chop? Is the is it is it a slow look? So it's a, a six again. Has he played the ball properly? Has he picked it up clean? Has he passed it backwards when he's caught it? Was everybody onside? When he passed, when he played the ball, that's in the first kick and first five seconds of fifteen of the game. decisions in the first five seconds. Yeah, yeah. and and, so. and they're going to get something wrong. But where I think that we stigmatise referees or, or or where we have our beef with them is because 
for example, rugby is so much territorial because we, we're only getting the ball for six sets, yeah? So if a referee gives an offside on play five, right, coming out of yardage, you get to kick 30 metres out of them, go to good ball with six new tackles. Now, should that be as serious of a consequence for somebody being half a metre in front, which probably was on the play before and the play before that, but just didn't get blown up, right? But you can show he's offside. Should that have the same significance as somebody who runs up in and blatantly whacks someone round the Swede with an eye tackle that takes them off the pitch uh, for, for an HIA? And, and the consequence is exactly the same. So, so for me, uh, how I would address were that as less of an impact is those kind of penalties, headshots and foul play, 100%. You kick them into touch and you get another six tackles no matter what, you, what you're on. Something like offside, why don't we just move to where the player was offside and it's now the same tackle? So if I'm on play three and you're offside, we go and take the 10 off you and we're still on play three. If you keep doing it, we're under your sticks. So there's no benefit to being offside. Yeah, yeah. No. the neutral tackle, it's still play three. You can just carry still play on. Three. Yeah. Raveling six again, which is again yeah. is a big chunk. It's just a neutral tackle. Yeah. I, I've thought the same on a few um a few of the rules uh, that could be neutral tackles. I think sometimes if you kick the ball and someone's charged it down, you collect it. You've got you've got your setback, but there's been um you've been punished for charging down, which seems unfair. Yeah. So I thought if that could just be the neutral tackle, so it's still fifth again. And you get to yeah. the fifth again. So I'm with you on that. Now, we don't help our referees with the rules. I suppose years ago when it was just five metres and you couldn't trudge all the way upfield on a set very often, it, a penalty wasn't as big as it is now. You kick for touch, as you say, you get a new set in good territory. It's a massive consequence for something that could be just half a yard. And that's tough on the referees and, and, and people get frustrated with them. If you've seen our shows before or my posts, we've been quite supportive of referees trying to give a balance and make them make a lot of fans realise, as you've rightly pointed out, how many decisions that they've got to make. But I suppose back to the structure point, you, you've given me a great insight there and made me think again on some things. Um, but I wanted to challenge you in a couple of your points, Derek, to see where, where your thoughts are. Uh, not enough talent. I'd argue there is. I, I go down to amateur rugby league. I've uh, been down uh, Lee quite often. A brilliant amateur setup at Lee. Um, St. Helens has several clubs. Wigan have got numerous clubs. Yorkshire, Cumbria, hotbeds of amateur rugby league. Loads of fantastic players at, at eight, nine, ten. By the time they're fourteen, they start to drift away with the, the scholarships. If they don't get picked up, many start to drift away. Um, not all clubs have academies. The academy structure is, is you can recruit at 14. Any team can recruit from anywhere. So your top teams end up getting the first draft. That's how I see it. If yourself or Halifax or Rochdale, all these other clubs have got community academies set up and wanted to compete with Saints, Wigan and Leeds, you'd struggle because you, you wouldn't get first draft, but it would cost you the same money to run. So I, I think if we, if we could somehow even that out a little bit, um, and it's an evening out of talent. It's not, we could put 30 clubs together. If you even the talent out across those 30 clubs, they'd all be competitive games. And I'd argue it's not just quality that leads to excitement. I've been down to Piltrex 
Uh, we were down there, weren't we, a few weeks ago uh, watching them against Siddle. Absolutely brilliant game. I really enjoyed it. Some good quality, great game. They're not professional athletes, but it still had the same excitement. We can have Levy Saints, Levy Leeds with an evening out of talent, maybe not the big superstars from abroad, but still just be as exciting. You've got that tribalism from the fans. So um, I feel as though we could change some of the structures, bring from, from some of our own through, try and even out that talent, and, in, and potentially reconsider that two tens that you did favour, but now probably don't favour. Yeah, I mean, listen, we I, we do grassroots. Uh, my niece has gone back playing. We've just been running a programme at Bolton School um, where they, they, they play union, trying to get a league team going in there. They've had 200 kids uh, attending that. We've done four one days, you know, been, been there tonight for the last one before the break-up. And, you know, we've got great amateur clubs. Um in, in, in our time but you know when, when we put together our academy bid um, you know there was there was a question that stood out what, what I put in it which was I think there was something like 200 kids taken uh, into the scholarships and then two signed like made it and I said well there's, there's two things that either A your talent spotters don't know what they're doing because they're picking people that can't make it or the coaches that are taking them aren't doing right because they're then not making it. So, and, and what the problem creates with that is that they've gone around, you know, I've, I've got a scholarship at Saints, I'm, I'm on at Saints, and then they don't make it. So then they just feel embarrassed and they failed and they go away from the game and they don't feed and, and entertain back into it, which is, is another thing that's a problem. And then you know, the, yeah. the whole academy thing is a problem. You know, Wigan, Saints, Warrington, Leeds, you know, they all run the... And, and, and the whole clubs, they all run their academies far more advanced, like you just said, than, than what we could if it established one. But you can only compete with that when you're in Super League and it's a Super League setup and it's a Super League environment they're coming in. Because every kid, if I'm bringing my kid, you know, he's 12 now, he's, he's pretty decent. If he's 14 and there's clubs interested in him, then irrespective of, you're going to go where he's going to get the best opportunity to become the yes. best version of himself he can be. Yes. Not just going to go to Lee because because we live in Lee and we support Lee. You know, Alfie Maiden, he's one of the uh, best staff-backs in the game at his age at the moment. He's just gone to Saints. Wigan wanted him, Warrington wanted him, they all wanted him. And, and he's, he, he supports Wigan uh, after Lee. But he's gone to St. Helens because of what he got shown and what he thought that... that his dad did and everything that was right for him so I I think at the moment if you put when you put more money into the game you end up paying players who are um, part time some of them don't want to go full time because they're never going to they've got a 30, 40 grand job and a 25 grand rugby contract but they're not a 65 grand player so yeah. and I've experienced that many a time so the, the, there's those issues as well. And I get what you say about entertainment and, and so on and so forth. But when you watch State of Origin or you watch some of the top NHL games, pains to say, but it's a better watch, isn't it? Yeah. It's a better product. So ultimately, we need to have the best product, the best version of, of what we can in, in, in here. That's my uh, way of seeing it. And I just think that we can grow more players and more talent and get more people interested 
in playing it and staying in with the game. If if we make it better first by having more stars that people we don't have stars, do we? I remember it was a guy Barry Earn and when he, you know, I mean, pinch of salt with some of it, but he was right when he said, "Who do we know?" You know, we spoke before Ellery Hanley, um, you know, Martin and Fire, Andy Gregg, people, you know, like that. We, I know players in our division that, that you know, Lightning do Bevan French, Jai Field going there, or uh, Wellesby at, at Saints. You know, there's just I happy at our place. He's electric to watch it. it but we don't really champion them and, and, and have a profile raise that kids buy into. Blake Ferguson is, you know, the kid, everyone's like, wow, you know, it's massive. But for some reason, as a sport, some of our journalists and, and stuff, they'll focus on the bad things that the, the guys had go on in his life rather than how big of a signing it is to have a super sign in the championship doing a backflip in front of the North stand after he's just scored an hat trick in 25 minutes on his debut, you know. Let's make him a superstar. Um, Rugby players are very humble now. They they don't want to sort of stand out and and be uh, um, putting themselves out there. They're very humble and hardworking. That's the type of people they are. But that doesn't help the sport then when they want to make superstars of them. He wants a few to be a bit loud, a bit brash, uh, to do those things, the somersaults, uh, running up into the crowd, fooey, fooey, moi, moi. You know, those type of things attract people and make names out of them. So I'm with you, though. We definitely need to do more of that. I guess it comes down to a business model being the top down, which is kind of the, the way you're kind of looking at it, bringing in the top talent, making it as best as it can be. The Premier League did it that way. Um, or a, a bottom up where you, you grow it wider and, and try and bring all the clubs up at the same time. And I think I'm... Uh, yeah, I see the benefits of both. Whatever structure any of us dream up, we can give some positives for, or we can give negatives for. There's no perfect structure. 100%. I mean, the bit that had substance or carried the most weight with me, what you said was that you would, if, if the money exists across it, you would get a better spread of the talent. So you would get more competitiveness if, you know, if there's not only... Saints can compete for those particular players, and then so some of the players that you would have who were fringe wouldn't sign there on that because they'd gone play at Halifax because they've got a better budget and so on. So it would spread a bit a bit further, and there is an argument then that two tens can work because you've not all you've not got twenty five great players, you've got seventeen, and then eight pinning it up, and they've got the eight that you've took goes in with their team and makes it better. So. It could be that that happened, but the thing that has to come is the money. So how do we, how do ING's job is, how do we get the money? We fell down significantly on our broadcast deal from last time round. We've not changed anything since Sky said to us, you know, those words, change or die. We haven't changed anything. Um, You know, we, 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 we need to get a message out of what we need to decide what our sport is, what our structure is, what our USPs are, and then be able to take it to market and say, right, this is what it's going to be. And and you know, Martin Sadler's thing. My, we, six times six is 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 the solution in my opinion. And um, you know, I think in the long term, I would banish any talk of promotion and relegation in rugby league. Uh, totally off the table, as far as I'm concerned. But having said that. We've got to have a structure that includes all the clubs. It can't just be the top 10 or the top 12 or 
even the top 16. Well, thing, we, uh, Nigel Wood's a big uh, advocate and, and spoke to me about it, of, of having this conference of, you know, Lancashire, one of Yorkshire, you loop, like you said, back in it, and then you play your semi-finals and finals from it. And, you know, I, it's all, I think they all need chucking in the melting pot and talking about the pros and the cons. And then look at things that, that arguably do work, you know, your Magic Weekend, your Summer Bash. Why don't we do the, you know, we've just had the, we've got a protector English international team. So we just had that window there where we've had All-Stars England, you know, Lancashire, Yorkshire War of the Roses stuff back. I don't know why that disappeared. Yeah, you know, things like that. But why don't we have a sevens um, yeah. weekend um, like like you do Magic and your Championship and Super League can both come together in it and play it over uh, a weekend getting on on TV. I'd love that. I, I think there's some brilliant ideas. And as you say, if we can get those in the melting pot, I'll throw another one then. How about central contacts, central contracts? A bit like the IPL cricket or or, some, mm. or, or England cricket, where the people who are funding it pay the players direct, and then there's maybe a draft for those players each year. Where if you've got um, twenty centrally contracted players, each team gets two, and the bottom team gets to bid for the first one, but they don't pay them direct; it's paid that out of the pot. That's yeah. about spreading the talent. Now I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I think in terms of youth, I think that should probably be centrally controlled. We've regionalised, you know, rather than clubs having their own academies, there should be regional centres of, of excellence. That, that's centre of excellence is, don't there? Was like Lee Carnegie Centre of Excellence as well. I remember, like when our Craig was playing, he used to go up to that Centre of Excellence up that way. Uh, yeah, and that, and that could be where then the clubs pick out from those uh, talent paths pools rather than clubs having them. You know, and other clubs not being allowed to have them. Um, but so, I mean, there was a little t- a, a period where there were some central contracts, weren't there? I think Jake from from some of the England players to keep them in our game rather than go to the NRL yeah. Um, yeah. to top them Birmingham, up. I think there was rumours he had some like a contract. Uh, there may have been some other players, but Welsh Rugby Union were interested in him. Yeah, but he, he, you know, it's 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 a tough one because they'll always come and try and take our best players they've got bigger salary caps to spend they can offer more money then there's the culture of the way of, of life as well you know so it, I just think it's a it, it's a tough gig all around and whatever way they go with it there'll be people for and people against that that's that's for sure but if we're going to grow the, the game and the sport then we have to have more clubs competing at a higher level covering a bigger geographical area um in terms of sponsorship and, and how, how it's all attracted. Um, I, I personally think what I, where I think the, the bigger money ought, ought to be is I think we need to get where all our clubs have the, the ability to stream game, every game live um, <clears throat> to where, where you can subscribe to it. I think, you know, if you look at, and, and this is in no way, um, intended to be derogatory towards Sky whatsoever because without the investment in our sport over the last uh, however many years, it wouldn't be what it is, the full-time sport that it is, that's for sure. 
Yeah. But the negative side of that is is that's kept it relatively in, in the dark. So, you know, you're getting 300,000 watching, whereas if it's on BBC, you get 2 million watching. So BBC won't obviously pay the money that Sky will pay, so it, so it naturally goes to Sky. So we've actually had less exposure as, as a consequence. So I think the, the key to get the key to it is to try and spread ourselves across, you know, get a good broadcasting come from Sky and, and give them a, a portion of it and then something to free to to Channel 4 that gets the exposure and then be able to keep the games. So like this time, the championship, and, and you can use your other league or, or whatever model or platform it is, which I think IMG will be good at, to actually be able to choose and pick your games. I would have watched uh, Fev and Battle yesterday on on a, on for a fiver or something. You know, it, I'm sure there'd be games you would watch in the Championship as well as, as Saints fans. But you could have something like 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 you say when you talk about the UFC with IMG, they've got like the the UFC Fight Pass. Well, you, you pay. Not only do you get all UFC contact, you get um, I think Strikeforce One and a few other M- MMA uh, affiliated um, outlets. You know, um, pr- and promotions put their stuff on there as well. So you've got like you pay a monthly subscription, but you've got access to all that content. So as a fan, it's all in one place. It's all there, and then that money then gets distributed out. You know, back out to the clubs or is apportioned to whatever. Yeah, and you can monetize those things as well. You know, with you see it in other countries with stuff coming across the bottom of the screen. When they go to the screen, you can have a they do it in the NRL, McDonald's or KFC or whatever comes up. So you could do that at a smaller club level as well on each thing that's going going on. The we're all always thinking, you know, oh well, that'll damage damage the gate. That'll knock uh, spectators off coming. Yeah, it will. But there's a lot. If we look at um, a lot of the younger generations now, they're not interested in in a full a full game. They just want the bits. You know, my, my lad when he's watching football, he's on his stuff, and then he's just watching the bits that matter. I'll get up in the morning if he's not been able to stay up, and he'll just watch the you know the controversial decisions and 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 the goals and the and the big saves and the misses, and it's it's fifteen minutes. What took ninety? And all this going and travelling and paying. So you've got to change it so that it's not just the game of rugby that you're going to see. It's the interaction with the players after. It's some kind of entertainment. It's the atmosphere of a, of a, of a full stadium and the singing and, you know, the fireworks. It's creating an event that's not only the, the rugby. So even if your team loses, you've gone away and you've had a good night, you've had a, a good event. Yeah, more carnival type... This is the moment you've waited for. There's more to it than just the game, and it's more yeah. being an enjoyable. Uh, yeah, you know, watching the game. I think things like look at Test match cricket. I mean, people don't sit there for eight hours just watching every single ball. Yeah. Uh, they're enjoying. They're having a few beers. They're chatting. They're enjoying the atmosphere. There's so much more goes on, and I think a lot of other sports have have done that very well. And and I suppose rugby league can learn from that. And yeah. roll that into their own sport, bite-sized chunks, selling it through media, uh, selling different experiences on game day, and all of that is in the melting pot that you're discussing. And uh, 
I'm, I'm, don't envy the people who are going to have to come up with uh, the future structure for rugby league and to get the best out of this great sport. Uh, fresh, fresh eyes. I always think when you know, if if somebody comes into my business, you get blinked by what you're doing, what you've always done, what you've always known. And if somebody comes in with fresh eyes, there's no doubt about it. They'll see see things differently and improve things. And I could go to their business that, that they're in, and they've just improved mine. And I could go to theirs and come up with things and improve theirs. So I think they're a, they're a great wealth of talent. I think the RFL's got an open mind. Super League have got an open mind. You know, our biggest asset in this game is its spectators, whether the ones that come and sit on uh, seats in the stands or stand on the terraces or watch uh, on uh, Sky or, or Channel 4 or whatever it is. That's what it's about and that's what needs to be grown. And that they're, they're a key part of who IMG need to also embrace and talk to. Yeah. Well, on the topic of, of structure and change, I've had, a, I've had a bit of a think, Dave. Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Doc House Funny Show uh, with Derek Beaumont, Big Dave and me, Kez, uh, for some Monday Night Rugby League. Oh, this is the greatest show! <laughs> I think it'll work, Dave. I think it's got legs. <laughs> <laughs>